This is the Rolling Elephant podcast for the 14th of January, and we have got statistics. Survey stuff. Yes. Survey statistics, some of which make sense, some of which don't. And we're traveling, traveling backwards in time <laughs> to a simpler time. <laughs> a time when when men were men and boys were... Oh, I don't know where I'm right, We were still anyway, toddlers. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, maybe not. Um, yes, statistics. Tell us, tell us about developers, Jon. Tell us all about them. Oh, they're gods. I mean, <laughs> not said. Most, of, the the, most now. of them are above average. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's one of the nice statistics that seventy percent uh, thinks that they're above average, though. So that's well. I, I, yeah. I know I am one of them. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, do we have anything else to add before we dive into this? I don't think so. Years of running into nope. the starting the new year now, so we're still fresh and uh, how do you call that? Blurry eyed? Yeah, blurry eyed. Something eyed. Anyway. Uh, we're talking about the developer survey results 2019, which were published by Stack Overflow uh, a little while ago, let's say. And the reason we picked up on it uh, was basically because in our, one of our f- earlier news episodes, uh, when we were talking about a certain article, it had a link towards this thing and had a statistic that didn't really make sense. That's why we started delving into it. And we kind of thought, well, New Year's happening, the new server is going to be out soon, so let's take a look at the old one. So when the new one comes out, we have actually something to compare and contrast with. Indeed. And they said, sounds like a plan. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So this is, for those that aren't familiar, this is a survey that Stack Overflow run every year. Um, it, It does vary year on year, which is Kind of good and mm-hmm. also kind of irritating, because um, as Jon pointed out before we started recording, it means you can't necessarily directly correlate uh, last year's result with this year's result. So it's difficult to really see any degree of progression from one to the next. But it's still a useful uh, snapshot. Yeah, another thing I mentioned there was that uh, even though this is surveying developers, between air quotes, it does go broader than that because some of these classifications are VP of IT, uh, data scientist, and things like that. So even though Stack Overflow is indeed a developer resource, if I can call it that, it, it does have a much broader use than that. And even if it was just developers, it, they would still kind of give hints and indications towards the broader ecosystem, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, to that very point, if the uh, the sort of the first piece in this uh, survey that really caught my eye was the mind-bending kind of way that they use percentages and uh, sort of the developer types. Um, I can only, and Jan and I talked about this a little bit off air, I can only imagine after a bit of head scratching that actually it was a multiple choice question and people were able to tick multiple things. And so it ended up with... um, you know, a hundred and one point nine percent of people are uh, both a full stack. Uh, uh, if you add up a full stack developers and back end developers, that's uh, yeah, a hundred and one point nine percent of the audience. Hey, hey. Which the, is the largest half of anything is always right. 
Well, because (laughs) at least 2.6% are senior executives and VPs, and 1.2% are marketing or sales professionals. Quite what they were doing, Uh, filling in the developer survey, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And so... All of these, all of these statistics, and I'm sure there is some very well, sort of clearly explained somewhere in the small print that I couldn't find um, explanation of uh, of exactly why it works that way and why that's the best way to do it. Nah, I think it was just it's multiple choice. I mean, they send this thing out to everybody. You can just check boxes, and some people. I mean, they had people from all over the world answering this, so maybe there's some language barrier there as well. In some parts of the world, something means something else, and it means something else somewhere else. Okay, I had a lot of else's in that sentence, but I guess you catch my drift. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, and it's again, it's a survey, it's statistics, it's not gospel, right? It's not like you have to believe in this thing to get any kind yep. of information or um, yeah ideas out of it and that for me this is basically looking at if I were a younger man it would be how should I change my career plan my personal development a little bit which what is hot what is not what's going up what's going down and I think it, uh, it does serve a purpose for that now, before we go into the, the actual nitty-gritty graphs and details, uh, they do have a little thing called key results at the top of their page. So maybe you take a quick look at that. Sure. Sh- tell me about Python. Uh, well, <laughs> I actually like this. I mean, in no way you don't know, but Python is actually built by a Dutch guy. And even though I'm Belgian, I live in Holland, so I take the, I, I'll take the honor as my own. <laughs> <laughs> you live in a country, therefore you're taking it as your own. <laughs> I've, I've, I've actually allowed this country to embrace me. That's basically how I see this. No, well, whatever. Sure. Regardless of my own situation here, Python is uh, the fastest growing major programming language and has risen in the ranks of programming uh, in a survey, edging out Java this year and standing at the second most loved language behind Rust. So I think it's amazing that a interp- interpreted interpreted language uh, is outclassing compiler languages. I mean, when I grew up, when I went to school, you had the real programming, which was done in C and C++, which you compiled and did a lot of horrible debugging afterwards because you couldn't change it quite quickly. And then you had the scripting languages like Perl and Python and stuff, which were like for the second-rate customers. I didn't agree to that with that then, and I still don't. So it's it's very interesting to see that uh, this is actually growing this fast and one part of me says obviously this is because of all the data scientists using PySpark and um, using Python for that but looking at the rest of the summary of the service here uh, data scientists are only a small part of the people responding to this so it must be more than that the the thing that actually surprised me with with that was was not that uh not Rust, uh, but Go. That that Go was such a um, a small sort of percentage, and I think we, we've talked about this you know, a number of different times. But the when you're in a particular space or working with a particular set of technologies, you you tend to um, live in a particular bubble of of kind of reality distortion, and certainly in the in the cloud native space so much of the cloud native um, tools and technologies are all built in go that you you sort of automatically or i at least automatically my biases swing towards surely go must be everywhere but yeah only 8.2 percent of folks actually responded saying they were using go whereas 
Um, you know, Python is up at 41.7, although it's not actually the most commonly used programming scripting and markup language. That still goes to JavaScript at 67.8%. Yeah, but they have a different uh, graph that they kind of uh, divided those up. But I'm not that surprised that Go isn't that high up because Go is being pushed a lot by Google and I'm, I'm zooming in within Google. It's used a lot to do stuff. But apart yeah. from that, I haven't. I don't think Go is so pervasive that people actually have experience with it. And the only reasons when I look at Go is when I want to make something really lightweight and by correlation, I guess, simple, which also means it's never going to be the biggest part of what I write in programming. For all the programming I do write, it isn't that much anyway. So I, I would extrapolate to the rest of the world as well. And when you're making small little connector thingies or data gatherings or agent-driven de- devices or microservices, yes, you're going to go into the Go sphere. But that's still pretty niche. Um, I don't know that I would quite agree with that, given yeah, that one of the, the hottest projects in, seemingly in the universe at the moment is written in Go, but there we go. And that is... Kubernetes. Exactly. But who writes Kubernetes? That's those three guys at Google. It's, uh, no, it's an entire <laughs> community. Well, it goes back to what I said earlier. I know I know it originated from Google, and I know that's why that uh, yeah. it spun out from there. But almost all of the CNCF projects, yeah. uh, which is hence why I was saying earlier, so many things in the cloud native space are, um, are written in Go. And yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, as, as I said, the, there's always a, a reality distortion bubble in in the okay. area that you're you're focused on. And okay, you spend can you say that cloud native is still niche today? Um, I think to talk to to mention that we would have to uh, we would have to refer to a future article that we're going to discuss. <laughs> Cake, hint taken. <laughs> Anyway, let's let's roll on through this, otherwise we'll spend forever. Uh, which I don't mind. I enjoy doing this. <laughs> Over half of respondents written their first line of code by the time they were 16, although the experience is vary by country and gender. Uh, I win. I was 14. I don't remember when I wrote <laughs> my first line of basic. I really had to think myself. Um, and when I say write code, I actually mean having a PC magazine with uh, ZX Spectrum code in there and just typing it over to make a nice, uh, colorful thingy, kaleidoscopic program. You know, the original Hello World of those days. I still can't. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, that probably was PC magazine, but any kind, one of those computer magazines that were so popular amongst computer aficionados, enthusiasts. Yep. Uh, okay, we're not going to go through all of the key results, I think. Uh, no. Let's see the next one. Uh, the, one yeah, the site reliability engineers. This is a, a, a function that kind of, uh, I mean, Google coined the term, uh, let's, uh, if I can mm-hmm. say that. But it kind of crept up on me because they had DevOps, admins, programmers, data scientists, data engineers, security engineers. That, that all kind of entered my my bubble, <laughs> to, to, to borrow your analogy. And that, that's, but the site reliability mm-hmm. engineers, they're everywhere. And to be honest, I, don't, I, I didn't really know what they did. <laughs> oh, okay. And now they're the highest paid job. So I clearly missed something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the... The SRE is almost, um, yeah, we, we've both 
uh, I think it's fair to say, adjusted career trajectories or adjusted career spheres or bubbles, depending on which analogy you're going to use over the last year or so. And I think the, in some ways, the SRE uh, is a little bit like the data science, the data scientist of our previous um, sphere or bubble. I think the really, really good SREs are um, are exactly the kind of unicorns that you know people were seeking out. Um, you know, previously in the in the big data analytics sort of sphere, they, it's the same thing with data scientists. Lots of people called themselves these things. Um, Perhaps a few less were actually those things. And I think that it's that mixture of skills and experience and technology knowledge and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it doesn't, doesn't surprise me that it's, uh, that it's so well paid. Well, it, it does say the, it doesn't say in the, in the key uh, results, but in the, the graph further down, it says experienced site reliability engineers. Yes. And that's what you're also yeah. alluding to, right? Yeah, indeed. I put it on my name card, on my, on my business card, and now I are one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly right. not. Now, before we move into the graph stuff, a couple of things that I noted at the beginning here is that there's some bias, of course, in any survey, and this one as well. Uh, US is uh, overrepresented by almost half of respondents coming from there, and uh, most of the people were below the age of 35, and that will, of course, also have certain bias introduced to it but apart yeah. from that i was pretty yeah uh, well, you know, it's, I, okay. it's it's an amazing sort of volume i would say that i mean nine nearly nine i don't know what nearly ninety thousand is eighty nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine maybe um but nearly ninety thousand developers or nearly ninety thousand people let's say, responded, because they're not actually all developers. But anyway, mm-hmm. nearly 90,000 people responded, which is a, that's a pretty significant sample of, of anybody's... Uh, is it? Because of the, the geography says each month about 50 million people visit Stack. Now, I'm pretty sure that they don't mean 50 million different people, but the 50 million, I don't know, I'm not going to say log-ons, because you don't log in necessarily. Page views. Page views visits that way, right? So it's yeah, not going to be 50 million different Independent people. IPs, maybe. I don't know. It's always the hard I, thing to I measure stuff on the web. <laughs> it, it, it is because the web is accessible by almost everybody. And yet, yeah, you're right. Like 90,000 people is a tiny percentage of nothing, basically. <laughs> if you're talking about everybody, <laughs> uh, everybody globally, and if you're talking about everybody that could, uh, could have entered it, it's still relatively tiny. But I, I think it's still... I mean, you, you're always going to introduce bias. I mean, it's on Stack Overflow. So how many yeah, exactly. developers are there that don't visit Stack Overflow? Because maybe it's it's not in a language they're familiar in. Or, yeah. uh, there's there's any number of different yeah, ways yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that well, bias gets introduced. Although language sure. barrier I don't think is a, uh, an important one here. Because if you're doing anything with programming or development, you're going to be talking English anyway, because all the programming languages are in English, basically. So that's one thing. And as far as I know, Stack Overflow isn't blocked by any nation states. I think Russia, China are all represented here, right? I know the fact for China because I saw them pop up in certain uh, graphs. Russia, I can't. Yeah, Russia's, exactly yeah, there. Russia's there as well. Okay. So, yeah. 1.91% uh, uh, of Russia and 0.75% of respondents came from China. Mm-hmm. So. But anyway, there is bias, and that will always happen. So anyway, let's go. Actually, yeah, sorry, go 20, ahead. It was 23% of respondents were from the US. 
So it's not actually as high as perhaps I might have thought. Yeah, and of course, the US is a big country. It's still right? a significant bias. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a big country. A I mean, bias. that's always something I, I I don't forget because intellectually I understand and I know this. But when you talk about the US, you think it's a country and I compare it to, to, for example, the Netherlands. But if you compare it that way, you have to compare the US with Europe and compare, I don't know, California with France and Ohio with Germany. Sorry if I insult anybody. <laughs> 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 but basically, we always use this this this. This, this ensemble term of the United States, while it's actually a lot more than each state is actually a country, if you really want to uh, compare apples to apples. Yeah. Well, to that point, although I don't know, because 20, so 23.6% of respondents were from the US, but actually, ten, I mean, I suppose you could make a similar comment, but like 10, just over 10% were from India and picking yeah, another random country, country here. Six, but six percent were from the UK. So it, it's not, it's not all about size of population and size of country. Dave, you're not allowed um, to send in these surveys more than once. I, I'm sorry, I just couldn't help myself. I just like all day, every day for several months. I just entered in. Um, please don't Brexit. Anyway, um, so yeah, six percent from Germany, two percent from the Netherlands. Um, anyway, so yeah, it, it's it's it is quite a global reaching survey. From that perspective, anyway, right. let's let's in. try and get out of the geography and try and get into some of the tech. Yeah, well, the one, the first graph I want to talk about is the contributions to open source. Do you have anything before that? Mm-hmm. Um, That's the second one possibly? in the development developer roles. No, nothing before that. Because I mean, we talk a lot about open source, so I thought it was a nice one to take a look at, and it kind of struck me that from all respondents. Oops, I just changed the size of my window and then everything reorders thanks to that flexibility <laughs> that HTML gives you. <sighs> there it is again. Uh, so contributing to open source, all respondents, uh, 36% never contribute to open source, 28% less than once a year, which for me kind of equals never. And mm. less than once a month, but more than once a year, I guess that becomes, yeah, okay, you do something with it. At least you're, 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 you're using it enough that you actually make time to do something back. So it's like uh, 60% versus 40% if I um, do a very quick calculation there. That's a lot people that yeah. don't into don't contribute to open source. And I mean, contribution can be a lot, right? It doesn't mean uh, that you have spent months writing thousands and lines of code. It can just be a bug request, a request for enhancement even, or a documentation change. So that's still, um, yeah. Yeah, was noteworthy. And again, with the bias, Stack Overflow is used by a lot of open source people. I mean, that's why I use it mostly when I have an open source thing I'm trying to make work. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, I go to Stack Overflow. So I would have thought the bias would have been a lot more prevalent in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to say there? You had, oh yeah, the little text, it does say that uh, developers who work with Visual Basic, C Sharp, SQL, uh, do a lot less contribution than uh, people that are working with Rust, WebAssembly, and Elixir or whatever. And I was I made a little note there. One chicken of the egg uh, thing here. I mean, the whole Microsoft ecosystem up until I don't know five years ago, uh, Linux was bad. So those people never went to open source. Obviously, that has changed now. But apparently, yeah. there's still there's not that much information to find, perhaps, on the open source environments. I know Microsoft open sourced a bit of stuff, but most of it's still closed source, of course. I mean, I don't see any GitHub to put a bug request for uh, of a bug enhancement for uh, 
SQL Server or something. So it kind of makes sense that they're underrepresented. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, what else we going to look at? I mean, the, the thing that I quite like, so I, I think there's a lot of vaguely interesting things in, <laughs> in the dev profile thing, but the the... I suppose the three pieces that I thought were really interesting are actually one after the other. And it's the sort of families and IT support, <laughs> which is like, are you the IT support person for your family? Um, with with sort of 53% saying yes, 25% saying sigh, 14.1% saying also yes, and just 7.6% saying fortunately someone else has that title. Um, and... I just it just makes me smile because like we so many people have been there and so many people kind of are still there and live that life I on the one hand I do feel that um, you know technology has got somewhat easier from a like an entry level perspective Um, whether you're just talking about smartphones and tablets um, or just operating systems in general are like more reliable than than they have been for a long time, and more usable than they have been for a long time. And so many things are on web based services now, rather than you having to download and wrangle and keep applications up to date and things like that. That I don't feel that this is perhaps quite the burden that it used to be? I don't know. Do you agree with that? Or do you I think it actually got worse. Because really, the the OSs, they got more user-friendly, more easy to use, blah, 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 because they hide a lot more. So before, when something didn't work, it was reasonably straightforward that why it didn't work. While today, even me, and I'm going to call myself a professional here, sorry, (laughs) I have troubles finding out the reason why Windows is slow. And before, I, I, I actually tried to figure out what it was, and now I'm just going to hit that reboot button a lot faster because it just got obfuscated a lot more. So I'm, on the one hand, yeah, I guess it is less a problem to make people use technology. But when something goes wrong, the amount of expertise you need is actually higher, in my opinion, today than it was uh, five years ago. No, I, I think that's absolutely fair. And actually, there, there's a, another tab to this families and IT support thing, which just, it's a question, obviously a survey <laughs> question. Have you have you tried turning it off and on again? And the answers are, uh, the, the, the responses that you could choose were basically yes, what, or no. And unsurprisingly, 78% <laughs> of people just said yes. <laughs> which, you know, to your point earlier, I think I think that is true. I, the The sort of, um, the nature of problems and the fact that so many things are now hidden underneath quite a hefty veneer of um, of ease of use and making things simpler and I mean dumbing down would be a, a perhaps yeah. a harsher way to yeah, put it but true. I think it's also pretty fair um, but also in the majority of cases actually a reboot a reboot does fix it so. I mean, yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's on an intellectual level, I find it's no, insulting I that I don't, can't <laughs> understand why. I mean, fair, yeah. it solves the problem, whatever, but I want to know what happened so next time I can avoid it. That's how the yeah. Yeah, ex- expert 
I do, I do have a caveat, a caveat here because uh, even though it has, uh, how many was it again? Let's click on the other tab again. Uh, 53% that says, yes, I'm the support person. Considering only 40% of people actually have a family, it's not that many people because the, the survey just above that one is uh, how many people have children and other dependents and 61% has no other dependents or children. So they obviously are not the IT support person of the family either. I don't know. It depends, doesn't it? Cause, yeah, okay. I mean, Could be parents. Yeah, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Although parents, give them an iPad and you're done, right? Well, which is what we were saying earlier. It's just like for a certain a certain <laughs> set of users and a certain set of use cases, I think yeah. the life has got significantly easier. But actually bringing up parents, it's... Uh, it brings me on to the the second question of the of the tr- the uh, trio that I thought was particularly interesting, which is the will people born today have a better life than their parents? And this one is to me is is not terribly surprising. I no. don't think um, we we live in a a marvelous age of you know technology and advancement and cyber trucks and all kinds of exciting stuff. <laughs> Unbreakable windows. Um, yeah, uh, with a break. Um, but it's it, it's it's I and mean, you're querying an audience who are, in many cases, I would say, you know, in or around the very cutting edge of this. You know, they're seeing this evolve, and it, some of them are part of this evolution. So it's no surprise to me that you know, a good. Um, nearly two thirds of people say that the answer is yes. They they believe that people born today will have a better life than their parents. Um, obviously, the the people that don't, there are a lot of kind of scary things going on out there with climate change that I'm still pretty sure does exist, um, and all that sort of stuff going on. But I, I, this this to me is is not terribly surprising. But it it is. I do like the fact that uh, a, even a developer survey is asking this question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not that impressed with the question, to be honest. Yeah, it's good that they ask it, but it's if you go to the by country tab, that it for me starts making a lot more sense because people, mm-hmm. when, they are, when you ask this question to a person, they will look at their current situation and see how they will, uh, and they will look at how they see it evolving for their own personal future. And if you look at that graph, the more developing developing countries are the ones that have or the ones that have the most misery today. Well, they kind of hope it's going to get better. And if you look at the bottom of the chart, where the countries with the least uh, positive uh, attitude, well, those are the ones that actually already have everything. I mean, Belgium, uh, suicide capital of the world, by the way, is at the way bottom. Only France is worse, but well, that's France. And basically, why don't we see it getting better? Because well. I have everything I could possibly wish for. How could it get any mm. better? And still 47% think it's going to get better. So, and then on the other end of the scale, things like China, Ukraine, Russian Federation, uh, Romania, Brazil, Bulgaria, Iran. Yes, yeah. I, if I was living there, I would also very much hope things will get better. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's a very, very good point. So that's very good point. a bit the thing. The, the one that stands out for me is that I would consider the United States also being a uh, at least somewhat developed country. And they are actually pretty close, very close than I would expect it, to the, the mindset of the developing uh, world. So apparently a lot of uh, Americans feel they are living in misery. Uh, I think that's a little <laughs> overstating it. I mean, the, yeah, it is. you literally, 
the developing world, I would say, uh, it doesn't matter what I say, but it, because it'll upset somebody. But yes. I think the <laughs> I did it already, the so develop the the developed world you know, starts probably. You've got Denmark, Australia, yeah. Sweden, United States. You know the yeah, but having Turkey which, more positive than the United States, considering what's happening in Turkey the last couple of years, without going too much in the whole politics stuff, because there's a lot of other podcasts you can listen for that. It's it kind of I I'd expected the United States to be less optimistic through my reasoning of they already have everything could ever wish for. But that being said, the United Kingdom is also at sixty five percent, fifty six percent. So yeah, but that's Brexit. So, who knows? That's Brexit. People, they all hope Brexit will make it better. Moving, Moving on, on. <laughs> <laughs> to to the to the third of of my my interesting uh, interesting ones. My my final final one in my trio is, is social media use, yes. and the the sort of um, percentages here. I I don't find it particularly surprised. Oh, I suppose I'm I am slightly surprised that um, you've got sort of the the big ones, should we say? So, uh, Twitter, Facebook, WhatsApp, YouTube, Reddit are all really within a couple of percentage points of each other. Um, but I am slightly surprised that sort of Facebook and Twitter and to a certain extent YouTube aren't kind of significantly uh, significantly higher than sort of WhatsApp um, mm. and, and Reddit. I, I, and again, this this is one of those things that's probably influenced by the bias of the people that you're querying and yeah. so on and so forth. Um, and I think if you, if you ask this question to a general population, oh, you've got a very, very different uh, sort of uh, skew to yeah. it. Yeah, I would imagine that the people on the survey are a bit more, uh, can I call it savvy or cynical, <laughs> whatever you want to talk, call it. I mean, mm-hmm. Facebook has seen a drop in usage due to a lot of scandals, and the people that know about these scandals are the in crowd, which is typically also the users of uh, of um, Stack Overflow. So I would imagine that that's reflected in here. And WhatsApp, although it does also have some uh, yeah, negative uh, vibes going on at the moment, it is a more point-to-point thing, which a lot of workplaces use WhatsApp actually as communication platform, uh, which is a question itself if you want to do that or not. Um, mm. Twitter being so low, well, it's more of a uh, firehose kind of uh, marketing tool these days than anything else. So, <laughs> yeah, I can see those being down there. But, I, I, yeah, Reddit being at the top definitely makes sense. And YouTube being second, well, there's a lot of tutorials and stuff on YouTube or even just marketing movies from companies of products that you use in your daily life that you're going to be consuming as well. Uh, a lot of tech podcasts, uh, video casts on there as well. Roaring Elephant being one of them, of course. I mean, at least, at least 15% of those 16. Please, that please like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, this is actually what I ex- would expect it to be with Facebook being perhaps slightly higher than I would have wanted, but nope. And it's also kind of a biased thing. Only a small part of the uh, surveyed people came from the Asian part of the world, which means that things like WeChat and Weibo and things stuff like that are so low. I think that's definitely a survey bias. I think those, if you really had a full participation, I think those would eclipse uh, Facebook and Twitter. Just by the sheer amount of people that's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, is there anything you miss there? Because when I, I I use Reddit very rarely, to be honest. I do a lot of I, more. I mean, for me, social media use. I mean, okay, but this is more of the how do you talk to the world, not how do you consume the world, perhaps. Uh, no, Although I YouTube don't, would be I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I doubt sixteen point four percent of developers are YouTubers as well. Um, I, I would say that. Uh, I don't think there's anything missing here. I would say I've been using Reddit more over the last probably three years or so. It's been definitely trying to get. I've I've point blank avoided Facebook full stop as yeah, as and same with same with Twitter. Um, well, you are the official Twitter mouthpiece of the Roaring Elephant podcast. Uh, used to be a Twitter chat, so it's improving. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, LinkedIn is the other one that I uh, use sparingly, occasionally. Um, uh, more for communication than for kind of pure social media. But then communication is social media uh, in this context, because you've got things like WhatsApp. But... This is one graph yeah. actually I would I would have liked to see absolute numbers instead of uh, percentages because uh, developers are t- well they're branded to be introverts which would typically mm. not be using social media that much so I'm really curious to know what the numbers are there and also the total here really doesn't add up to a hundred at all one uh, although twenty forty no. yeah yeah it should because seventeen sixteen fifteen 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 that's already eighty ish yeah it should it should add up to a hundred something. Although, hello, and Yoku Tudu, whatever that is, they have 0% and still have a little blue blue mark there. So, I don't know. Well, 0.0 could mean that 0.0001 people responded. Yeah, but that should give you an an indication of the amount of people that actually contribute to the survey. Because you only can have rounding errors up to a certain point if you have enough uh, people uh, coming in. 84,437 people responded. Not everybody. To that uh, question. Oh, where do you see that? Uh, just oh, yeah. below the actual. It's gray. It's gray on white. I mean, I'm old. My eyes don't work. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> Fair. Moving on. Anything else in the developer profile that you would like to uh, call well, out as being interesting? Well, the one thing I want to put, it, I put it in the notes. I was hoping you were going to read it, but you see the social media use, Dave. You're wrong. You have to start doing this. Okay. Everybody, please tweet to Dave, although, no, don't, because he doesn't read it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please please tweet to Dave, uh, and Jon will respond. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, I had one more there, is that, uh, yeah, the, uh, I want to go with that one. Uh, What individual person will have the most influence in tech this year? It's just, I'm flabbergasted that Elon Musk is not only at the top of the list, but by such a high margin. While if I'm a developer, I may perhaps have possibly ambitions to become Elon Musk, be successful like Elon Musk, whatever, I can see that happening. But when I'm a developer and I'm looking for a technology solution or vision or something that's practically applicable today, I'm not thinking cars or space rockets, I'm thinking software infrastructure and that kind of stuff. And I yeah, I mean, the next ones are Jeff Bezos, uh, Satya Nadella, and then the very funny me myself. Uh, we're a humble bunch, aren't we? But Elon Musk, apart from being the, the, the visionary god he must be, uh, apparently according to this, uh, to this uh, survey, it was, it was funny that he was so high. I mean, that's 30% and the next one is 7%. That's a huge difference. 
yeah. I I think that I think there's a lot of idolization. Whether it's this person will actually have the most influence in tech, I think is can, is is entirely debatable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and in fact, almost certainly not true. But it it's you know he he is a uh, a very popular face to the the sort of the the crowd of people that have that are filling this in he's incredibly influential for sure and i i I do believe so i mean you you only need to um think back very briefly to to last year and uh certain kind of cave diving incident Mm -hmm. to see the mess that that ensued from that i mean there's yeah, I, I personally thoroughly disagree with the, the fact that he will have any influence on tech, really. But I, I can definitely see why he why he popped in here. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I just thoroughly disagree with the answers. <laughs> also having the guys from Google pretty much down uh, in the list. Uh, Lena Storvold being just above the 1% mark. Yeah, uh, and the last thing I want to talk about here is that it just asks for influence, not in a positive or a negative way. So maybe everybody <laughs> expects Elon Musk to uh, destroy the Earth. I don't know. Would, would fit the profile, I guess. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. I think you'll get uh, blacklisted by uh, everything that's Tesla and uh, SpaceX and now on. So, oh well, it was a good run when we had it. Okay. Let's no, move to no technology for you. Let's go to technology. Please let's, please, let's let's get rid of all of this political gossip stuff and go into the real hard tech. And number well, one, well, <laughs> databases has got to be the 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 hardest tech of them all. No, do you want to go straight to databases? You don't want to have a little look at the programming scripting markup languages first. Uh, we we talked about that enough mm. earlier when we cover the highlights the the databases for me is kind of is kind of curious because my sequel is still up there with kind of 54 percent of uh of respondents and then yeah yeah, um it doesn't it doesn't necessarily surprise me that uh my sequel and and postgres are, are quite so high but um the fact that yeah, you know, the, the the fourth option is SQLite, and that just blows my mind because SQLite really, really just should be made to go away. I I, oh, I thoroughly dislike SQLite. Well, y- y- yeah, I we guess. Use a just. lot for little cache storage for for applications. It's easy. It's free. It's uh, ubiquitous. So it's just easy to use you don't uh, and, and then as soon as you do try to do anything real with it it falls over falls over horribly it's yeah, just well, oh, for that, we, I guess. yeah i know but people still do and i just wish they didn't but yeah it's it's kind of it's it's nice to see that uh well for me at least it's being an, an, a bit of an open source zealot it's nice to see that you know sql servers down below postgres and mysql and that uh Oracle, the uh, the granddaddy of uh, of databases in many cases, uh, is is way 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 down in the list. Yeah, you know, but that's again, that's sort of a bias. Firebase, right? another. 
applications yeah, don't maybe. work with Oracle, which sure. is consume it. When a, when a developer puts up a database, he's not going to put up an Oracle database. He's going to have something that's free, available, and does the trick. Yep. The yep. uh, thing I wondered about was the fact that MySQL is at 54% and MariaDB, which is a plug-in replacement, at 16%. I mean, MySQL had a huge falling out. It's like 10 years ago by now, I think. I don't know. Yeah, when Oracle uh, some, yeah. started being asshats uh, about the whole uh, thing. Uh, I switched over to MariaDB at that time and I've never looked back, to be honest. I just tell everybody, yes, I'm using MySQL, but it's MariaDB under the ground and it just works. And still only 16%. I mean, did so many people actually have support contracts with MySQL that it features that high? I don't know. No, I I think this is just one of those things. Yes, I, I totally agree that um, the, the, the quote-unquote community um, uh, is very much focused around, in, in my opinion, MariaDB. But I think the majority of developers don't necessarily really care. They just think MySQL, pull it down, deploy it where they go. But there's don't actual <laughs> licensing intrusions happening there that you will pull into your application at that point. Yeah, but again, that's that's a that's a job for lawyers to figure out after the application's in production. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I would assume that the lawyers have figured this out and have a memo sent around. From now on, you all use Maria de and we avoid all this stuff in the, all the crap I, in the future. But apparently, no, I don't think so. I I'm don't so think so naive. at all. I'm so young, I naive. I know, I know. That's all right. We'll we'll slowly beat it out of you. <laughs> God, having flashbacks to my early youth here. Thank you very much. Let's go to <laughs> platforms. <laughs> Let's. Um, um, yeah, no real surprises here, I think. No, not really. Kind of 50, 50, just over 50% Linux, um, just about 50% Windows, and then a whole bunch of other... Yeah, Mac OS down at 22%, and a whole bunch of other random stuff down below that. Um. With mm. with kind of poor little IBM Cloud or Watson <laughs> down at one point nine percent. I guess uh, that's just the guys from IBM themselves. But anyway, uh, and this is actually the graph that I <laughs> mentioned when we did that news article way 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 long ago. That I was wondering why uh, Docker was at thirty one point five percent, while it's not really a platform, mm. but whatever. And Kubernetes being eight point five percent, and there's no other orchestration. I mean, Docker Swarm, um, uh, Mesos aren't in the list at all. So that's a huge... Yeah. I mean, do so many people use Docker without any kind of orchestration? Or self-written orchestration? Uh, developers, yes. Yeah, you're right, right, right. Just having something on my laptop. Yeah, you don't want to have a full yep. Kubernetes minikube. It's fine, but it's not what yep. you need if you're developing stuff. Yeah, okay, fair enough. From that point of view, I, I agree. Yep, good one. Hey, I win. <laughs> wouldn't say that. Uh, also dear. looking at the cloud um, providers you have AWS at 26% Google Cloud at 12 and Microsoft on 11 so Microsoft is really catching up to Google Amazon still has the uh, we've been around for 7 years without any competition advantage <laughs> see how that evolves in the coming years What's next for you? Uh, well, we have to pass over the most loved, dreaded and wanted because there are a couple of things there I really was uh, surprised by now the first one uh, for the languages uh, yeah nobody likes assembly apparently I can imagine why <laughs> Visual Basic <laughs> is still the most dreaded one I can imagine why 
PHP, also very high in the dreaded list, while it's being used everywhere, but again, I can imagine why. But those are all, yeah, reasonably acceptable, I guess. Uh, the web frameworks also didn't really do that much for me. Uh, but when the other frameworks, yeah, that that's one that actually really surprised me. Uh, so most loved dreaded. Just, 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 just quickly before you before you dive into that, um, because it's it's most loved, dreaded, and wanted. Of course, the the three most wanted are you know twenty five percent of Python, seventeen percent was was JavaScript, and fifteen percent was Go. To my earlier comment, anyway, uh, yeah, yes. that's, that's my idea because it's still niche. It's people are looking at it, looking yeah, at how yeah. to use it, but it's well, not in. I mean, Python's been around for years yeah. right now. JavaScript, yeah, years, yeah. Java, years, but Go, I mean, I heard of it myself, I think, first time, two and a half years ago, something like that. Yeah. So it doesn't, I, that's I've, what I mean with the niche. Yeah, I, I've I've been, uh, unfortunately, very, uh, very f- focused and aware of Go for um, probably eight years now, so. Ah, poor you. It's going to be adopters. okay. It's going to be okay. I know, I know. I still have emotional scars that I'm working through in therapy. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, as you were saying, most loved, dreaded, and wanted web frameworks. Uh, no, away. the other frameworks. Web frameworks again. Oh, that's not other that frameworks. Other frameworks below there. Yeah. And there, just go to the dreaded tab, and at the top of it all is oh, chef. chef. I didn't see that coming. I mean, puppet. Everybody no. complains about puppet because it's all. It still does yeah, a trick. Yeah, I yeah. use puppet here for my own home IT. But I always had the impression that Chef was like one of the uh, one of the darlings. I mean, Ansible, one of, one of the good ones. Uh, Mark will be happy to hear is uh, way better off, <laughs> but in the middle of the pack there. But Puppet it's being down, less worse off. <laughs> uh, yeah, but actually pretty much loved as well. I think, although well, no, let's 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 not go there. I think people kind of dislike configuration management in general. <laughs> but Chef yeah, being the that's... worst of the pack, that really hope I didn't. Uh, no, and I, I didn't. I didn't have a feeling for that at all. No, you're right. You're right. I, did, I would. Have, I would have put. Um, oh, what was the? What was the earlier? Earlier generation of config management. Something too. Um, CF engine doesn't even figure in the list. No, Chef purpose CF engine. Yeah, uh, it'll it'll come back to me later. But yeah, it, it's you're right. That was that was very very surprising. Mm-hmm. And also a little bit, bit of a, a, a dropping a tear, Hadoop, dreaded, by thick 46.7%. It's because you don't understand it. It's it's cute when you get to know it, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> just just stroke its trunk, it'll all be fine. And another one that, yeah, Node.js is very much in vogue. TensorFlow is much very much in vogue. Uh, .NET yeah. Core is pretty high up there as well, which is uh, different from Copilot. I was, I was surprised that TensorFlow was quite... I mean, I know it's in vogue, but it, it's, it's also high. quite niche. But it, it, it... Yeah, I think maybe that is it. It's high. I mean, a lot of marketing people are talking about how... I mean, the AI washing, machine learning washing, big data washing, TensorFlow is poster child for this stuff. Yeah, a lot of people think TensorFlow is magic, and uh, for something it is. Some things it is, but for a lot of things, it really isn't what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, dreaded databases. We do have to call out uh, Oracle being very bad, and Couchbase outperforming Oracle in the dreaded category for databases. I mean, how bad do you have to be to be worse off than Oracle? <sighs> 
pretty bad. Now, I've never used Couchbase, I must say, so <laughs> I have no personal experience. I don't know anybody who uses it. But apparently, it's not what you want if you're a developer. Well, I'm just glad. I just wish SQLite could get pushed a little bit further up that uh, that list. And then nah, we could it does its thing. Shoot it in the head, and it'd be fine. On the wanted tab there, MongoDB, wanted by 17.8%, winning that one. That's surprising me, because I had an, an idea. I mean, Cassandra is pretty much where I figured it. It was hot as when NoSQL was hot, and now has been dropped down a bit as being no longer hype, no longer being in the, the marketeer's eye. But MongoDB is still very high up there above uh, Postgres. And, uh, well, you say that, but just, actually yeah. it's only 17.8%. So... I mean, the way that I read this is actually people aren't really looking for any database. Well, most people aren't looking... Or 80% of people aren't looking for any database okay, fair enough. knowledge, so, yeah. thoughts. Does that, okay. does, that, does that make sense? Yeah-ish. I, I, most people are happy with their their level of database mm. skill, but those that aren't are still probably trying to wrap mm. their head around how on earth you stop Mongo from crashing. And a very notable 2.2% of masochists out there who want the most dreaded database anyway, Couchbase. <laughs> yep, that's fair. Uh, do you want to talk about the wanted platforms? I think we, we spent enough time on those already in the earlier graphs. I mean, yeah, we, 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 may as, we may as well at least kind of touch on it. Yeah. Thoroughly unsurprising to me, like 83% of people just love Linux, 77% of people love Docker, and 76% of people love Kubernetes, uh, and then everything else is also RANS. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really don't understand. Not, why not surprising, but, but yeah. love it nonetheless. Yeah, I really don't understand why people dread WordPress that much, 60%. I mean, I use WordPress. Yes, I hate it, but it still does its work. I don't hate it. It's, it's a good, it works okay. I mean, it's a free tool. It's, it does a lot of stuff. It's very expandable. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, it's, not, it's not quite platform per se. No, it fit but I bet, if, I, I bet if it was, if it was, um, if you seeded this with, um, having Salesforce in here, I bet Salesforce would be number one, and um, and there would be heavy vitriol. Stop everywhere. saying that word. If you say it three times, it will appear. Oh God! Right, I'm never <laughs> saying it ever again. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> yes, I feel dirty. I need a shower. Uh, where are we? We're on the development environments and tools. Uh, not much interesting there. Visual Studio kills it all, so that's not look at that. Uh, yes, I see what you're clicking on in our show notes. I'm trying not to mention it. <sighs> you do it. I, I can't. So this is, I guess, proving Yon right uh, once again. Um the question is, how are organizations using blockchain today? Sorry, blockchain technology. And 80%, a solid 80.0% respond, not at all. Yeah, and if you even go That's further, it. I mean, it's the, the, then it's 12% <laughs> that says non-currency applications of blockchain. Fair, I guess, there's something there. And then they're doing crypto coins and stuff like that. So it's even more than 80%. But I mean... 
I don't dislike blockchain technology, technology-wise. It oh, was fun. On, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. If that's something you need, it should be deployed. Simple. But the hype around the whole blockchain thing has been so bad. I mean, uh, Dave's been willing to talk more about blockchain about uh, uh, on the podcast, but I've been... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whenever he starts, he uses the word I start ranting about it, so he kind of... Uh... I just like <laughs> triggering you, actually. That's that's all it really boils down to. It just makes me chuckle how I just say one word and it sets you off for for sort of a good I mean, 40 minutes. I'm better now with my new job. When I was at Microsoft, I mean, the amount of meetings I went into customers discussing, we want to do the new best thing that's going to make every problem go away. We'll deploy blockchain. Ah, big sigh. You start. Oh, God. Yep. I mean, really? <sighs> but anyway, I do think that like the 12% there, non-currency application of blockchain, I guess like 10% of use cases in the world might have a decent application for blockchain in them somewhere. But even then, I think half of those are, you really shouldn't have gone there. Anyway, you got my rant out of me. It happened. I feel better now. Thank you very much. Okay, glad to hear it. Um, um, yeah, before skipping to the correlate technologies, a quick one on uh, Section 5, top paying technologies, which basically is a kind of uh, read this to figure out what you need to study and get a lot of money. I don't think that's how it works. Uh, basically, it's just a list of things that are still uh, rare, to, uh, hard to find people with that, inf- with that knowledge. That's why it goes up there very high and uh, Java's down low. It's just, it's a, uh, how do you call that, uh, offer and demand uh, kind of thing mm-hmm. that pushes up the price. Apart from that, I don't see much value in that uh, little thingy. Although I do say Bosch yep. Shell, PowerShell is quite high up there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And F sharp, my God, is that still being used? <laughs> well, apparently by the, the, the three people that want it, uh, are really willing to pay a lot of money for it. Yeah, but where's Cobol then? I mean, Cobol should be the top of the list there. Nah, I think that, that ship has finally sailed. No, it hasn't. Mostly. No, if you go into big uh, government and stuff, there's all other Cobol still running on mainframes. Yeah, but... Everybody's ignoring it. Uh, we try <laughs> until we really the try. next we really try. And, until the next kind of time timestamp slash clock related issue blows up. Um, yeah, well, I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, remind me after the podcast. I have a fun one for you. Okay. <laughs> right, you want to talk about the nice visualization, don't you? I do. I do. And really, I just want to call out a few things that I, I've noticed on this visualization. So. This is the correlated technologies, how technologies are connected with visualization. Yeah, and it's it's kind of it's kind of curious um, and thoroughly unsurprising. I just quite like the way that they um, they sort of connect the various uh, technologies together. But so Hadoop, Apache Spark, and Scala exist off in a little kind of tiny little constellation all of their own. Um, very similar with uh, the the kind of the sort of the gaming technologies though are, are things that um, so you've got CryEngine, Unreal Engine, Unity 3D again not terribly surprising but then the, the clusters that I think that are useful interesting are sort of the the sort of the database so DynamoDB uh, Elastic, Redis 
And they so they all connect through to Docker, and then Docker connects through to Linux, and then you've got Bash and Shell and PowerShell and Vim and, and Python coming off from that, and then all these other things sort of going off. Now, that's kind of one major um, sort of collection or constellation. And the other one um, that I quite like is the, again, you know, another selection of databases. This time you've got Mong- so interestingly, you've got Mongo and MariaDB and MySQL over on this side, whereas Postgres is over on the other side. I don't quite get that. But anyway, uh, and they all are all a bunch of technologies, including Angular and JavaScript. They all connect through to SQL, and SQL is the, the connection that runs through then to Microsoft SQL Server. And then, unsurprisingly, you've got all the various Microsoft technologies, um, Visual Studio, Windows, and Notepad plus plus, all hanging off of all hanging off of that constellation. I think it's 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 interesting. Um, it does seem to be very flawed, though. I think there's there's a few things that are just so interconnected that I'm not quite sure this simplified visualization really works. But it's quite pretty, and for that, you know, that's yeah. nice. The main question is, I mean, in the little text blob below it, it says, uh, this network graph demonstrates uh, showing technologies as well, which are high, highly correlated with each other. But they don't say how they're correlated. Is this because people who search for Linux also do a lot of search for Vims? Uh, if so, how do they know? Um, they don't say why are they correlated, because they decided they were correlated. So I, I, I don't really understand what it's, this I graph think it's shows. opinions, isn't it? Sorry? I think it's just a, it's just opinions. It's just people's opinions of which is correlated to. What. Although, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see how you uh, put yeah. this in a survey. This, this looks like a further analysis of survey responses. And uh, for example, Jupiter is not connected to Apache Spark. Uh, I don't get that. <laughs> that. That does not make sense. Um, R and R Studio are not connected to um, Hadoop either. I don't get that. Uh, there's a couple of things there. I mean, C, C++, Assembly on their own, I guess. Ruby is also completely on their own. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, that's, nice, that's why I said I. That's why nice. I said I think it's very, very flawed. I don't. I, I like it. It's very pretty, but I, I don't. Don't read too much into it. Would be my guidance. <laughs> Uh, right, moving on because we're running. Our, oh God, we're almost an hour in. Uh, let's yep. let's get to the end of it. This here. Any others you want? Because we're, we're running at about by the end of the uh, survey here, and things getting less interesting. To be honest, anything specific you yeah. want to call out here? I mean, not not really. I think there's there's a career value section which basically. Yeah, most most folks are either satisfied or very satisfied. Most folks are either somewhat confident or very confident in their managers. Um, Sorry, most people are um, sort of fifty one percent of people are happy that they don't need to become managers to make more money. Uh, this isn't um, about being happy. This is a fact of, if you want to make more money, do you feel the need to become a manager? And in a lot of things, that's the case. I mean, if you're a sales guy, the only way to get a bigger paycheck is by becoming a sales manager, which probably isn't what you're good at. It looks like developers don't see this as a need, which I think is a very good thing. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily say that I agree with a salesperson either. I mean, you can, you can become, you can just head up certain strategic accounts and make a boatload of money. But anyway, that's kind True. of disappearing off into a tangent. <laughs> um, 
and I, I I think the the sort of the other one that is kind of interesting on all of this um, career related stuff is how long ago did developers last change jobs, and the sort of uh, the the less than a year ago, one to two years ago, um, and you know just those two on their own are well over fifty percent. So mm-hmm. although people are happy. It does seem like there's there's a, a fairly regular chunk of not necessarily churn, but sort of like continual kind of hunting and and stuff going on in that space. Which again, I don't find terribly surprising. Good people are, are, are poached yeah, all yeah. the time, um, yeah, and headhunted also, and all that kind of good stuff. Survey bias as well, because the the people that are doing a lot on Stack Overflow are people that are trying to better themselves because they have questions. They're trying to learn new things and trying to find answers to them. I'm assuming that people who went to go to work and do the same thing every day, reprogramming the same little script every day, they don't go to Stack Overflow because they already know what they're doing because they're repeating it all the time. So they won't figure on mm-hmm. this uh, survey either. So it's a bit of uh, bias in there as well, I think. But that being said, uh, yeah, if I look at my own past life, then yeah, the four years is about the right cycle, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I, I think four to five is 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 roughly where where my personal kind of cycle kind of fits in as well. Well, it's been less of a question about technology, but more of a uh, organization maturity level. And this, I mean, for me, I, I find a certain phase in a in a maturity curve of a company interesting. That's what I want to be. And when that phase is over, or, or a specific part within that company sometimes, and when that phase is over, it kind of gets boring, and that's when I start, yeah, looking around again. Yeah, uh, I, I think in in some ways, I think that's true for some people. Yeah, me. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I think um, some people are less concerned about the particular phase and more concerned about the the culture and sometimes that you're right that does thing. change same with the phase me. same thing for me yeah that's a better it's a better yeah, description yeah. It's a better description yeah so i think that sometimes the culture does change as the as the organization grows and evolves mm-hmm. and sometimes it changes for the better and sometimes for the worse i think the mm-hmm. one of the quotes that i um i i thoroughly believe is true is that like people don't leave companies as such they leave cultures and they leave managers um so if if your if your company culture has gone bad you're looking to get out and if your manager if you're not gelling with your manager you'll you'll also look to get out but for the most part it's not it's not the technology that drives people away it's it's the it's the people side of things anyway that's technology can be an attractor i mean if you want to do a lot of go today for example you might be looking at going to google because a lot of go newsness is happening there or from any other cncf focused organization you were talking about go that's why i'm using the example here but for me, yeah, that but is less of a thing because for me, it's more about okay, the regard. Okay, it needs to be interesting tech. I'm not going to go into COBOL. COBOL yeah. done that. It's dead. It's not going to. It's not going to go anywhere. Hopefully, I, mean, I liked COBOL. I think COBOL was cute, but <laughs> it's not going to. I'm not looking at it. It's more of how are, how are these are these people are these companies trying to do something cool with that technology, and that's where it, for me. Uh, it's where I'm looking at. That's also the kind of questions I ask if a headhunter contacts me, and that's what I want to know, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what else? Do-do. 
I mean, I I I was quite interested in the the fact that under development practices, kind of how structured is the work of developers? The the sort of the three answers were: there's no schedule or spec. Um, that there's a, there is a schedule or spec made by me and a colleague, and my work somewhat aligns. And there's a schedule or spec, and I follow it closely. And the the sort of the fifty percent of the respondents were there's a schedule and spec, and my work somewhat aligns with kind of thirty <laughs> percent of people just working on whatever seems the most important or urgent, and less than twenty percent are actually following a really closely defined spec for their work. Mm-hmm. And I find that just a little bit mind-boggling. And again, it could very well be survey bias of, of, of I don't know, people that are working in smaller, more nimble, agile, mm-hmm. random organizations. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to make the joke about agile, but agile actually has a very tight schedule and spec yeah <laughs> if you're doing that's it right it. anyway that's, that's it that's it so i don't know i i, I found that kind of I, I just found that kind of interesting yeah i think it's a high level of startup uh bias in this in the survey perhaps i mean a lot of people that don't have uh, a lot of money don't have support contracts with companies and have to rely on things like community and stack overflow to get answers to the questions and that's mm. typically more of the startups phase and if you're in the startup phase yeah you're, you're kind of taking uh, out brush fires all left right and center you don't have time for a clear schedule and of course, there's yeah. a lot of people that say, I don't need a schedule. I'm doing agile work. That's much better. And I get a lot more free time that way. Yeah. I didn't say that out loud, right? My boss doesn't listen to this anyway. No, that's fine. You're okay. <laughs> what's 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 next for you? Um, nothing, to be honest, anymore. I'm kind of gone through it. So if you have anything else to tie it off with, then I'm totally Yep. So I would I would tie it off with with uh, two final pieces. One, there's a, a question about the quality of open source software. Forty two percent of people say it's higher than proprietary or closed source, but then forty seven percent of people say it's uh, lower or about the same, and t- only ten percent of people think that it's. Uh, that open source is of lower quality than proprietary and closed. So I, I, I would argue that it's trending in the right direction. Um, I personally believe that open source code is probably of a higher quality than proprietary closed source, um, just because it's out there and you can see it and people don't want to release horribly hacked code. And you only need to go back to kind of various code leaks from... Windows and Oracle and other sorts of things where people have analyzed the code and it's got all sorts of horrible, nasty things in it that you know, comments like, oh God, please don't do this, must fix later, that you know, end up in released code and things like that. So I mean the biggest example for me there is Intel. I mean their CPUs are being hacked left, right, and center with the firmware in the microcode. And I mean yeah. this little code that's more closed source than that, I think. Yeah. Um, Although the, actually, there's a reminds me there is an article on that that uh, I think is worthy of discussion, but we'll save that for another day. And the final one, the final point uh, that I think it's a visualization. Yay! Yeah. Music for focus while coding. <laughs> People, I tried to save you from this one. I failed. I apologize. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, there's there's you know there's a, a good a good range of of music, but what what I find kind of kind of curious is is this kind of um it, like some of this stuff is definitely not sort of surprising. There's a big chunk of rock and metal and instrumental and classical and uh, uh, chill and all that sort of thing. There's big clusters of that in the middle. Um, I find country a little bit odd, and that's out there on the peripherals, but but okay. I so like a bit of country in the background when I'm doing some Java hacking. That's fun. Um, yeah, sort of off off from that, off from the sort of the core, you've got uh, you know, lyrics and game music and soundtracks <laughs> and video and epic and all that makes sense. And I love the fact that there's Zimmer up there, which presumably is uh, which actually is correlated to Hans. <laughs> I just noticed that. That's excellent. Um, so that that's all. That all makes perfect sense. But then you've got uh, actually. It sort of. It would seem to me that like m- way more people uh, are listening to some form of music than uh, there is actually a response for silence and another one for none. Oh, yeah. um, and th- those are actually relatively small clusters and i was expecting that to be significantly larger but it but it's uh, but it's not hang on hang on hang on because in one of the earlier ones they said they prefer to work in the office and a lot of offices have this new and improved much better productivity open office spaces with a lot of noise so most developers have a headphone on not just for noise cancelling yeah. so you also listen maybe. to some music there maybe and, me, myself, and then of course we've got yeah, go ahead I was just going to say that, of course, we've got some kind of weird correlations out there of Lincoln and Park and yeah, uh, Taylor and Swift. Things were being cut <laughs> up, I think. This is how the visualization was built. They're, they're looking yeah. at words that occur most, so they really went for words. That's why yeah. every... I mean, you also have uh, Imagine Dragons in two different uh, bullet points there. Yeah, indeed. And Hell Stats. <laughs> don't know them, but anyway... But anyway, I was going to say what I use for my, uh, when I need uh, concentration time, I actually went to YouTube at a certain day and there was a, uh, I downloaded it actually, I, I dragged it off the, the website there, six hours relaxing piano, violin, guitar, study music, focus concentration, memory.mp3. And that's just a six hour oh, mp3 that just goes through very back end. I, I want elevator music, <laughs> things I can ignore. <laughs> But again, it's just to, to get rid of the, the, the background noise, let's say. Fair enough. Because background Fair noise enough. is interrupting. What do you listen to when you work? Or do you never work, is that it? No, I don't actually <laughs> listen to music for the most part. I Yeah, I, I prefer silence. If I'm... If I'm doing something that's a bit of a grind, um, and it's not so much it's not so much a case of focus, it's more a case of um, have something on in the background that can entertain part of my brain while I'm grinding through something that's quite okay. dull. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, then else. I will I will put um, you know so, you know something on YouTube on, and it will just kind of auto play through random whatever um, oh, whatever the signs. Yeah, but but for me, it's I can I can I can sort of not necessarily multitask. But I can have something going on that's that's kind of exercising part of my brain while I'm doing something else with relatively relative ease. Um, especially when it's as I say, if it's something that's a bit of grind. But if it's something that I'm really focused on, then I actually quite like uh, just peace and quiet. 
peace and quiet. Do you have anything on CD or? Uh... Uh, yeah, you just buy some noise cancelling headphones, switch them to that active, and you're away and away you go. But there is actually on YouTube that uh, also have 24 hours of white noise. Is that what you mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, but you, yeah, you, you can get white noise generators as well. I got Help one. I'm married. Like Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> yes, unless you have me. anything no, else, save me, save me. That is all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed this rambling discussion <laughs> about developers, of which we are neither, or neither of us are, anyway. Um, but that is all the time we have today. Uh, I hope you can enjoy listening to this. I, it's a bit weird, but uh, let's let's see how the feedback goes from that. <laughs> Uh, you can support this podcast by becoming a patron. Every contribution does help, and there are free gifts available for patrons too. We are on YouTube. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification notification bell, comment, all the YouTube things. You can also go to www.roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page and for more information about the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter using the at Hadoopcast tag, mainly Yon. And please do send any feedback also to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Until next time, my name is Dave. And my name is John. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you then. <laughs>